Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. You know by now that I'm Jamie D'Amico and he is Big Chris Newton. We come at you every other week in the offseason, every week during the regular season, and I cannot tell you how much fun I'm about to have with this episode. Big Newt, are you feeling it too, buddy? You know I'm feeling it, man. You know I'm feeling it. What up, though? <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited. What what are you excited about? Well, you know, it's a good time of year, you know, March Madness, even though my brackets was crushed, you know. Um, it was a good final four, men's and women's. And I know you like well, Big Newt, it wasn't a good final four for men's because it was, you know, teams that weren't blue bloods, you know. Oh but yeah. You had the Miami Floridas, you had the FAUs, the San Diego States playing against UConn, who eventually won it. But uh, I like seeing new teams, different people, man. I like the fact that pe- everybody in the country feels like they have a chance to win it. So that right, made it that. interesting to me. And then the San Diego FAU game, I mean, it came down to the final shot, man. It's going to live in infamy. So right. it was pretty good, man. I, I like that. The girls uh, had a great championship game, had 10,000, I mean 10,000, 10 million viewers, uh, the highest view women's game ever. Uh, their tickets for the first time ever was going more – for more than men. So, I mean, I like that stuff. And then also uh, opening day baseball was Thursday. So I enjoyed that. The Cardinals went two and one this weekend, even though we got blasted last night by the Atlanta uh, Braves. Um, and also, you know, it's a uh, playoff position for NBA. NBA got less than a week left before the playoffs. So it's a good time of year, man. Plus the weather's good. I got out there and cut the grass, washed the car. So the weather's good down here in Richmond VA. So it's Ooh. a good time. 80 degrees here in D.C. this week. And just to give people a preview of what we're going to talk about, with the NFL draft just upon the horizon being only a couple of weeks away at this point, yep, we want to talk about what the Buffalo Bills drafting strategy should look like in order to make it a successful draft. This comes around every year, and man, we pour a lot of thought into it. And... I, really, all football fans do. It, I used to say it was the best day of the year back when I was watching the draft when it took place in that conference room in Madison Square Garden. Remember that with those <laughs> oh, weird lights? God. Yes, man. Yes, and they'll have their helmet there. And they're all sitting there at the table with the helmet and the folds. Y'all, yeah, yep. bro. That's old school right there. Yeah, it was so boring back then. Now they've got the pomp <laughs> and circumstance surrounding it, and it's really a made-for-TV event that they do a great job with. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, Newt, I have been thinking about something okay. that you said to me off the air the last time that we spoke. Uh-oh. And that was, you asked me if we were walking down the street what I would do if you started running. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yes. 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 What would you do if if I started running, ask the big newt? And I said, <laughs> I would ask you what the hell you're doing. <laughs> and you said. Yes. Yes. That's crazy, bro. So it, it, explain to me. Explain to me 
why that's crazy that I wouldn't automatically start running and ask you what you were doing. Because you said it's, if I started running, you would take off and yes. not ask any questions. That's a Explain cultural this. thing. That's a cultural thing. And I'm not going to dig off into it. You know me. I stay politically correct because I know if I say something wrong, I'll get fired. So <laughs> you can look it up. But, yes, it's a cultural thing. If Big Newt starts running – Jamie will probably ask questions like, what, what is he doing? Like, you know, what, what, what's going on? You know, <laughs> where if Jamie starts running, Big New going to just try his best. I mean, I'm 450, so I, I don't know how much running. It would probably be more of a fast walk because I'll probably get tired after a block. But, yes, <laughs> I'm going to – you start running, I'm going to start running. But you know what I'll probably do at this point? I'll probably trip you. I'll try to run as fast as I can to get to you, and I'll probably trip you because I'm thinking somebody or something is chasing us, and I wanted to get you before it gets me. <laughs> so, yes, that's a cultural thing. If if somebody starts running, then I'm going to start running. Yes. Okay, and, and, now – And it, it has came to fruition because you remember I told you last summer, um, we talked about this on the show too. We was at a uh, AAU tournament in Philadelphia. That's what yeah. I wanted to get at. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm stealing your thunder. Go ahead. No, Go no, ahead. you're not. I, I, oh. I wanted you to talk about that. Yeah. So we was at an AAU tournament, and uh, and and this facility has like 100 courts. It's huge, right? And so all you see during the middle of our game, we were playing team takeover from, Detroit, uh, from D.C. And so all you saw was hundreds of people start yelling and start running, right? And so everybody just started running. And I'm so proud of Simone because you can see her on the tape. When she saw everybody running, she started running, right? And so hundreds of people were just running toward me, right? And so I stayed because one of our parents is a cop, right? So his first thing was, hey, let me try to help see what's going on. I don't know if he had his gun on him. So I kind of stayed. Does. I kind of went with his thing. Like if I could help, I'm older. If I could help, then I'm going to help because it's these are all kids. You know what I'm saying? So it was mm -hmm. a little different situation. So I did not take my, I did not heed my advice. I, I looked at him and he kind of like, yeah, I'm about to help. And so I was, you know, going to help with him. And so what happened was on one of the other courts, on the other side of the facility, somebody flashed a gun. And once that person flashed a gun, everybody just started running. And so as everybody started running, by the time they got to us, it's hundreds of people running. You know what I'm saying? No gunshots. You got a stampede coming at you. It was a stampede by the time they got to us because this facility is huge. You know, unfortunately, kids got trampled because we were by the doors. And so everybody was trying to get out the door and kids got trampled. Old people got pushed over, whatever. Oh, right? God. Yeah. So, you know, they shut it down or whatever. I mean, we couldn't go back after that. But, yeah, somebody pulled a gun. A kid pulled a gun out of something. So that's what started the commotion. Yeah. Okay, so I <laughs> yeah, I can honestly tell you, I, I haven't been in a situation where I've needed to take off all of a sudden because there's guns being waved at me, even though there's people being shot within a couple blocks of my house. I'm about to say, you've never been in that situation. You that's you're fortunate, bro. Come on, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there have been multiple shootings within three blocks of my house, and I I just have not been around for it. And I probably wouldn't know what to do if it did well, happen. Well, if you do take big news advice, you run. Don't be inquisitive, trying to figure out, oh, what's going on? Like, no, just just run. When everybody runs, you run. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, figure, and, and then I, once you four box down, you figure it out then. I do have a bone to pick with you. 
You gonna okay. trip me and leave me behind? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably trip you. <laughs> I'll make sure you're lovely. Me and you and your wife, I'll make sure she gets the safety, but I'm tripping you. Whatever's chasing is gonna get you before it gets me. You're not just gonna so leave me behind. Huh? Oh, so much hate. So much hate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was I'm, your boy. I'm, Clearly I'm, not. I wouldn't trip you, man. You know I got your back. <laughs> I'm just playing. But I mean, I'm talking about when you were kids. So we got to get back to the dogs. task at hand here, though. But what about running? You never ran from a dog or nothing in your neighborhood or nothing like that? Uh, no, because if you run from a dog, they chase. Dude, I ran from so many yeah, dogs. Yeah, dogs up. love running with people. They think you're yeah. playing when you run. But like, right, 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 right. they chasing you. You're just going to stand there? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to back away, but I'm not going to run. I'm going to run and jump on top. You never. So, you okay, let me ask you this. You never ran and jumped up on top of a car ever in your life. I did when I was little. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, all. I did. Yeah. Dog chasing you. You try to run, hide, jump over a fence. You try to jump on top of a car, jump in back of somebody's truck. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. In, in, in <laughs> hindsight, uh, the dog I was running from was like a 12 pound little mutt. <laughs> something i could have just picked up and been like stop it <laughs> oh my god i ran jumped no, on the car i'm talking about german shepherds pet bulls i'm talking about that i ain't talking about little chihuahuas going, <laughs> i'm not talking about those i'm talking about things that could do damage bro I wasn't, right. I wasn't trying to find out no sir um, so <laughs> the NFL draft is coming. Yes. We do have to circle yes. back around. Yeah, that. let's bring it back. Let's really be in. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. No, no, right. nothing to apologize. You know, the reason you're on the show is so you can be you. Newt got to be Newt. So be. you keep that coming. Got to be. The NFL draft is coming up, and there's a lot of talk about what the Buffalo Bills should do with that number 27 pick. And we have seen that Brandon Bean is willing to wheel and deal to get the players that he wants. So the question becomes, what needs to be your strategy going into it in order to be successful? And now some of the conversations that you and I have had, Newt, it mm. sounds like you want to target specific positions. Am, am I... Speaking out of school when I say that? Not at all. You know me so well, man. It's not only specific positions, but first of all, I want people who are going to play. That's the number one thing. We, we're we not in a position like we know that Brandon Bean is, oh, I want to take the best available talent, right? But I feel like our roster, the way it's constructed right now today, early April before the draft, weeks before the draft, I don't feel like we have that luxury. And Jim Kelly came out this week. You, did you hear about that? He was sure like, did. you know, we need to get him. We need to get him a good running back, good running game, so everything is. And I'm 100 percent on board with Jim Kelly. I, I would be on board like, with that statement if it were 1993. Yes, you would need a great running back. That's. I, I don't think you need to draft a great running back nowadays. Well, I just well, what, what I'm saying is get him help. That's what he okay. said. He said Got pick it. a running back, get him help, whether that's offensive lineman that could block better probably than Colin McGovern. We're going to talk about that, all right? But we need to get our running game going, or we need to get a top-flight number two receiver, right? We need to get him help to where if he plays bad, we still have a chance to win. I'm mm -hmm. 100% on board with that. And so when I say we need somebody that's going to play, 
with the first round pick, we don't have the luxury of our first round pick being on the bench. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's not even dressing. If th- we do that, I feel like we fail. That, well, that's if, my opinion. I'm giving you a hot take. If we draft somebody in that 27th pick and he's not dressing out week one because he's just not good enough, then that's a bad pick to me. Well, I, I'm going to say that about the first three rounds. If they're okay. not dressing on game day, they failed. Yeah. So, so Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, yep, I don't yep. like those picks because those dudes end up game day scratches. Yep. That's how I feel, man. So that's my philosophy. Get guys that's going look at the look at our roster and where are they gonna play at? Where are they gonna where are they gonna be in our two deep? That's who I want. Draft whoever's gonna be. Not I want a starter, but if you can't draft a starter, I want somebody that's gonna be in the two deep. And so, that's so somebody who is a game day contributor. Yes. Okay, got it. Preferably okay, so an I, impact guy, but you know I mean, we all want impact guys. You know, when my wife married me, she thought that she was marrying a doctor and a handsome guy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's the intention. <laughs> that's the intention, right? And next thing you, you know, know, you're inactive on game day. Newt. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you see where I'm going with this? You see what I'm going with this, bro? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so get guys that's going to be in the too deep come week one. I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't care about next year, what they're going to develop. in. We need – I get it to build a roster. It's a fine line between planning for tomorrow and living for today. I get it. But I feel like we have enough holes to where you should be – if you got a good scout scouting room, you should be able to get a starter out of this draft. Especially okay, we, we so. need, Go ahead, go ahead. Does it need to be? Are you talking about only the first round or every round? Well, like you said, I said first round definitely, but yeah, I would say the first three rounds. Okay, I would say the first three that, rounds. That's typically where your starters come from, right? Yes, yes. Uh, in so, fact, thirty percent of the starters in the NFL come from the first round, right? And once again, I know we're probably going off script a little bit, but you're telling me we can't find a receiver in this draft at number 27 is better than Gabe Davis. I think we can. If we would get the, the running back from Texas, that well, he probably won't be there now. He's moving up the draft boards. But a lot of, remember a month ago, a lot of people had him tagged to go to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The, the kid from Texas, the running back. Okay. Would he be better than Damon Harris or James Cook? Maybe, right? Can we draft the right tackle better than Spencer Brown? Yes. Can we get uh b- 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 somebody better than Colin McGovern at left guard? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Can we get some? Can we trade Ed Oliver and get a uh and get a D tackle? Sure. Right. Pro- right. You probably can. Can we get a starting middle linebacker at number twenty seven? Uh, yes, I, I would say you can definitely get a, a linebacker at that position. Are they going to be good enough to start though? You don't think you you don't think so? Well, so there's a couple of positions of need that the Bills have that I'm just not convinced of in this year's draft. One of which is middle linebacker. You have a okay. lot of guys that are outside linebackers, not a lot of dudes that can play the mic. And you know, people are really high on Jack Campbell, and he had great combine testing, but the downside of that is he doesn't play as fast as he tested. So 
is that a guy who's going to make a day one impact? God, you hope so. But are you reaching at that point? Which is something right. that I absolutely hate because what we haven't discussed is value. And there, there are positional values in the draft that you typically don't touch in, in certain places. So, for example, if you're drafting in the top 20, you go for the premium positions almost inevitably, right? You're going right. to see quarterbacks, quarterbacks. D tackles, yeah. left tackles. Yep. Um, you're going to see def- defensive ends. And did I mention wide receivers? No. Oh, and corners. Like those are the guys that go in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Corners typically don't go in the typically go between five and 20. You get the, the, the tackles, the DNs, the quarterbacks in the top five. As a result, you're pushing a lot of other positions outside of that. If you look at the highest drafted linebackers in each of the past 10 years, not all of them made a big impact. You know who made a big, big impact? Matt Milano, a fifth-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Guys like that. So once you get out of the top 20, though, say 21 through 32, I think positionally it becomes a little bit more of a crap. I don't think you have to rely on positional value quite as much. I think at that point you can start looking at guards. And you can start looking at safeties, linebackers, even running backs. Mm-hmm. We saw Brees Hall last year get drafted in the second round. Absolutely knocked it out of the park with that pick, did the Jets. I agree. So my question to you is, if we pull ourselves, you know, sort of zoom out and we're looking at the positional value are there any positions at number 27 you absolutely wouldn't touch? Quarterback. And not because of the players. <laughs> Quarterback. Okay, sure. Of course. <laughs> I'm being an ass, right? Okay. I know you are. Right. Um, you, you've landed on heavy this week, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's because I'm not going to see you in two weeks. We're going to touch on that, too. So I'm not going to see you, so I got to get all the off now, you know? Um, yeah. I understand going back. Let's let's go back for a second. I understand where you're coming from with the inside linebacker, right? Because you mentioned uh, Campbell, right? The kid from that's the kid from mm-hmm. Iowa, and he's probably the highest rated inside linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. So is he worth six five two fifty? Had a good pro day, so he looks good in shorts and t-shirts. But when you turn on the film, you probably don't see it, right? So mm-hmm. I get that, right? But who does that sound like coming out of college? Who was a great athlete coming out of college and probably didn't have that kind of production? Jermaine Edmonds. Jermaine Edmonds. Mm. Okay. So now is can you coach this kid up? He's the great athlete. He ran well, 6'5, 250, but the film don't quite say what, you know, what you see at the combine, right? So can you mm-hmm. coach him up to be productive? Right? And so I suppose that's that. what they're looking at for a lot of positions. The right. person's got but the talent. Can we coach him? Can we coach him up and get him in there? <laughs> right? So, But he's graded out as like an 84, 85. So I understand the value probably isn't there for the number 27 pick. Right? What about D-tackle? 
Can we get one the third, maybe the third best D tackle on the draft? Probably. At at number twenty seven. I'm sure probably. we can. Can we get? But do you want to do that when you're coming in with two starters? But my thing is this: I, I said that though. We need to let Ed Oliver go. If you're not going to resign him, don't hold on to him for another year to try to make a run. Get rid of him before you. You, you see what I'm saying? Get rid of him while you can still get something for him. Hmm. Okay. Right? We talked about that not the last episode, but the episode before. I'm still on it. Trade him. If we can get a second, a player, uh, maybe a maybe a second, a fourth, and another player, do it. If you know, if you lot. know, if you well, I'm just put. You know, I'm not really. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I hear. I hear. I'm not adding up the points. I'm just putting it out there. If you get a second round pick for him, all right, or whatnot, and knowing that you're not going to resign him, let's do it. Don't let him walk. Don't let. It'd be another Tremaine Edmonds. You he walking, you get nothing. So that's kind of part of it, too, in my opinion. But yeah, mm-hmm. you can get maybe the second, the kid from Michigan, uh Smith, maybe uh the kid from uh Clemson, Breeze. I mean, you mm-hmm. can get a starting D tackle at that 27. I'm just giving you examples. Wide receiver. I heard I read on Twitter that uh the kid from USC, Jordan Addison, was in town. Maybe we target him. Mm-hmm. Jordan Addison, I'm a Notre Dame fan. So you know, I've seen plenty of uh, Notre Dame USC games. We get him, I'd be happy as a peacock. I'm sure he'll I, be. I got to tell you. In. Go ahead. I don't love this wide receiver class. It, it's okay. really it's really not working out well for the Bills. I don't love the linebacker class. I don't love the wide receiver class. A lot, lot of these guys are a bit undersized, and there's great undersized receivers around the NFL, don't get me wrong. Uh, but but if I'm drafting somebody in the first round, I, I want my receiver to weigh more than 175 pounds, typically. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. Now we're talking about, you know, what you like and don't like. I mean, that's, that's, that's true. That, and how we, but, you know, yeah. you know what and I'm I guess that's not exactly strategy. You know, no, that's fine. Because, I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know, so, so what do you feel about the Bills trading, moving up or down? <sighs> Depending on the situation. All right. Um, I saw one mock that had us moving up to number 20 to take a corner. Somebody on NFL Network. Yeah, um, that was BS. Yeah. I mean, so it, it depends on who you moving for. And if we give up assets and move up dadgum and that person, now he better start. So right. that's how, so now it's more like, how do you feel about it? Like, okay, I'm cool if we, I would prefer to stay where we are. Or like you said, move down and get other assets. But if we move up, that guy better start now. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to expect more from it. That's just how I feel about it. I think that the Bills have played rather fast and loose with the value of draft picks over the McBean tenure. Mm-hmm. They they have been more than willing to move up. And when you get a Cody Ford where you move up and then the guy busts, well, gosh, uh, now, now you're looking pretty bad because it's here's the thing. Win. Yeah. The more draft picks you have, the more margin for error you've got. Mm-hmm. Check this out. 30% of starters in the NFL were drafted in the first round. 30% were taken in the second or third round. 
and 26% were taken rounds four through seven. Okay. So if you're giving up those picks, those are potential starters. Yes. And it looks like, you know, 30, like I said, 30% in the first round, 17.5% come from the second round. The third most likely group is undrafted free agents as starters in the NFL. Of course. There are more undrafted free agents as starters than third round draft picks. Can you believe that? Yeah, I could believe it. Really? I was shocked. Because the third round pick is only every team or that's only 30 some people a year, right? Yes. Versus undrafted free agents. How many undrafted free agents you bring in every year? Uh, every team is going to bring in at least six. Right? Yeah, or so eight, now it's I more think. people. It's more. It, I'm just looking at it from a number standpoint. Yes, no, I understand yeah. what you're saying, that you would think your third-round pick would hit more than an undrafted free agent, but I just think that number is uh, is uh, skewed because there's more undrafted free agents than there are third-round picks. Well, that, that's a good point. You're seldom going to see a team have more than two picks in the third round, but right. they are going to bring in eight free agents. Okay, that, exactly. that makes sense. Exactly. So, you know. I prefer trading back. Okay. The Patriots have done it for years where they value second-round picks higher than first-round picks. They are all too willing to trade one of their players, like Annette Oliver, for a first-round pick and then move back. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that style. Even though the Patriots haven't been a great drafting team and aren't. They're not. <laughs> they're, they're not they're, they're, they're not, not at the top of the heap anymore without Brady but I still like their style yeah you like what they do is just they don't do well with it it's the players they end up selecting that don't right. work out yeah right like they have they weren't able to find a wide receiver the whole you know so. so but I mean a lot of people feel like their team doesn't drive well I mean Spence the King we talked about this on his show a couple of weeks ago has Brandon been we have this Thing in our mind, and Brandon Bean has been a shrewd drafter, and it's been hit and miss. Mm-hmm. But we look at that, we look at him positively because he hit on Josh Allen <laughs> on the most important position he hit on. Him. Right. But if you look at other picks, it hasn't been as good. You mentioned Boogie Basham, right? AJ Epinesa, you know, second round pick. So that's why I want to stay away from. <sighs> If you draft another defensive end, do you have to hit? You have you to have hit. to hit because now you have too many resources, draft capital at that position. Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa. You know what I'm saying? All those were, you know, first, second, and third round picks. So you- by the same token, does that mean you shy away from Bijan Robinson as at running back because the Bills have drafted Guys in the the first three rounds, three out of the last four years. Well, I see that line of thinking, but this guy, from what they're saying, and once again, I, you know, I haven't watched too many Texas games, but they're saying that he's arguably the best player in the draft. Yeah. So if you get that kind of guy, so so what you're saying is he's Saquon Barkley. He's he's Derrick Henry. He's uh, Adrian Peterson. He's Ezekiel Elliott four years ago. 
Mm-hmm. If he's that guy, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because now you got him, Damian Harris, and James Cook. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Because if you're telling me he's all, and once again, nothing's a guarantee in this. It's all crapshoot, but I'll feel a lot better. Because let me tell you something. Let's talk, we got to talk about the draft stuff now because we're going to be gone in two weeks because um, you're going out of the States. So, but everybody wants to go into this feeling good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You want you want Mel Kuyper and them say, man, Buffalo Bills had an A-plus draft. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear they got a C. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know you probably never experienced this because your wife is beautiful, but don't you like when people compliment your wife? <laughs> uh, I, I don't hate it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how I look at the Bills. I want you to compliment, I want you to compliment my draft. I don't want to feel like nobody wants to feel like their girlfriend is a C. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, even if your girlfriend's a C, a C, you generally know it. Even though I'm a C, I'm a C. I know I am. I'm not a looker. I'm not built for that. You know? So yeah, I'm a C. You bring other but, things to the table, buddy. Exactly. I bring I'm a funny guy. I bring <laughs> other things to the table. And that's fine. But when I get dappered up, I put on my uh, you know, soft show shoes, you know, I put on my cologne, get a nice haircut. Hey, they be like, hey man, you clean up real nice. I'm like, hey man, thanks. I'll take that. Yeah, and you walk around with his tight fro. Yeah. Smelling all nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get the little compliment. You know, I, I'm cool with that. No one's ever going to confuse me with Denzel Washington. But, hey, man, hey, you know, you clean up nicely. Hey, man, thanks. I'll take that. So, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying you want Mel Kuyper and them after the draft to say, man, the Bills did a good job. They met their needs. They got value with their picks. You feel good about it. You know what I'm yes, saying? And those are two big things. And the reality of it is, grading a draft right after it happened is stupid. It <laughs> we is. don't know for three years you don't know how it's going to shake out. out. Yeah. Like, nobody knew Matt Milano was going to be an all-pro No, you know, when he was drafted. It's like, does he even have a chance to make the team? Nobody right. thought that Cody Ford was going to be doo-doo, but yeah. he was. Right. right. We didn't know what to expect from Greg Rousseau. Because he set yep. out because of the COVID. So we didn't know. I mean, he, he's shown flashes. He's, he's been a starter. He's shown flashes, right? So now it's like, okay, A.J. Epinesa, and we keep talking about defensive end because it's like we need to find somebody for Von Miller if he can't play. You know, we need to hit on that. We got to get a pass rush. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to yeah, be definitely. able to get a pass rush. So Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, you all need to take a step. You know, because so, you all were high picks. This is a a great tight end class. And your boy from Notre Dame is yes. one of the top players out there. You've got Michael Dalton Kincaid from uh, Utah State or Utah. And um, I'm wondering, do you select one of those players, even though you have a tight end making $13 million a season on the roster, if you think that he can make a big difference in the passing and running game? Hell yes. You do. If we moved up and got, and once again, I'm 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 giving you full disclosure. Okay. If we got Michael Mayer, I haven't bought a jersey in years. I don't even know if they make a 5X jersey in the Bills anymore. Of course they do. If they do, I will squeeze my butt into a Michael Mayer uh, Buffalo Bills jersey. If we moved up to get Michael Mayer, I would be ecstatic. Because you know, in my mind, I would think we'd be like Baltimore Ravens. Not only would we have Dawson Knox, but we'd have Michael Mayer, who I would know. We would go double tight ends. We would use him a lot. 
I have no doubt in my mind. Michael Mayer is good. Well, He's good. I, you so, know, there is an inefficiency in the NFL. And that has been exploited by the Patriots years ago when they had the two great tight ends on the roster before one of them ended up in jail and the other one retired. Right. And that is top tight ends are the most underpaid group in the NFL. Travis Kelsey is making 10 million less than the top paid receivers. Mm -hmm. And he's better than many of the top receivers that are out there. If you have two excellent tight ends on your roster, you're saving money. Mm -hmm. Now, is it the type of offense Ken Dorsey can run? I'm not sure, but I'm kind of with you. It sort of takes away the need to get another receiver. If you can get a great tight end. Yep. And that'll go against everything we do because we're more three tight, uh, three tight, three wide receivers. So that'll take away from the slot more. But if you have Michael Mayer and Dawson Knox, can you imagine that? Well, and if you can't get a get a PS Five, play Madden, and upload the uh, draft class, and put Michael Mayer tight and see what that looks like, <laughs> that would be so fun. I will be all on board for that. Well, there's there's other good players too. There's uh, Washington out of Georgia. Can't think of his first name. Who's 275 pounds and like a human battering ram mm-hmm. that people are talking about sneaking into the first round because he tested off the charts at the combine. Yes, he's a great Darnell Washington. From Darnell, Georgia. yeah, from Georgia, man, great athlete, six seven, two seventy. Great athlete. I would be excited. I don't really like Georgia, but I wouldn't be as excited. But I still take that. Yeah. At this point, he's more like a sixth offensive lineman. But right, is that necessarily a bad thing? I do it. I, I, do I don't it. know. If you're looking to run the ball and you put a guy like that on the field, you're going to run the ball better. And he he's like the number third tight end behind yep. Michael Marin, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. He'll be the next one. I'll take that all day. He would probably he'll still be there probably. He would be there at twenty-seven. I would take you, Willie. Yes, yeah. So and that wouldn't be a reach. I would take. I would be excited if we got him. How do you feel about trading up in the mid to late rounds, like they did for Khalil Shakir last year? I don't have a problem with it. No. I, if if it's somebody you targeting, you like, because if you're in the mid rounds, I mean, what are you giving up to move up? You know what I'm saying? So I don't have a problem with it. That if when that happens, I feel like it's somebody there that they like that they vetted. So I don't have a problem with it. Like I said, I like Khalil Shakur. I think he showed flashes this year, and I'm looking forward to him next season. I up. feel a little differently about that. Okay, in the sense that in the fifth round, let's go back to the percentages. Six and a half percent are starters of people drafted from the fifth round. The sixth round. become starters, seventh round, 4% become starters. I don't think you trade up late in the draft because I think you, you need to keep those picks to sort of mitigate the risk because even a Khalil Shakir is not a sure thing. So I don't, I I guess ultimately what I'm saying is I don't think you can outsmart the draft board. You feel like you want the numbers because it gives you more of, you'll feel better because you feel like you're hedging your bet. You want yes. the numbers. You want more picks instead of less picks to, because you feel like that's a greater chance that you're going to hit. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and I realized that there's the argument that there are only so many roster spots available on this team. 
Right. You know, that that's that's true. But I think that you can have more positions of competition than just the current six that they have uh, in their pocket right now. They, they've got six draft picks. Would it be better if they brought nine guys into camp? Sure. Because you can... The more fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks you have, the more likely you are to get a Dane Jackson, a Matt Milano, mm-hmm. and those uh, a, a Gabe Davis. And I realize that people are sort of down on those players, but let's be honest. Gabe Davis was a late-round selection, and he's a high-end number two receiver. That I mean, that that's a good pick. Right. Well, Gabe Davis, what do you – think he, he was, was a fifth-rounder. Fourth, fourth round. Fourth, fourth round, round, yep. Yeah, he was a fourth round. Yeah, I don't think you you outsmart the draft board. That's fair. That's good. That's fair. But you know, scared money don't make any money though. Oh, that's true. That's true. Scared. Can't be scared, man. Can't play it too safe. Uh, the the other side of it is, I think people forget the fact that the draft is seven rounds and not one. Hmm. D- like, is that something you notice that people focus or like, well, we have to get this in the first round. It's like, you know, there's six other rounds to draft those positions. Yeah. But the first round is the sexy round. I mean, yeah. How many people really, even you, I mean, I, I remember, I don't remember if it was last year, year before it's like, we all watched the first, the first day. Yeah. Then we watched the next day. And then that Saturday, everybody out, golf, uh, out golfing. <laughs> only lame people like me with children, and I don't even think I watched it because I think I was off at Jalen's football game. So, not too many people sit around on Saturday and watch the draft. That's right. You know, you just kind of keep up with it on your phone. You know, you kind of over it. Everybody sits there and watch the whole first round. The second day is kind of hit and miss. Third day, come on, man, that's Saturday. You out playing golf? Stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm. You mentioned it. I'm not going to get to see any of the draft this year. I'm going to be out of the country. Where are you going, dude? Where are you going now? I am going to South America. Going to Chile, Uruguay, and Argentina. Chile, Uruguay, and Argentina. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, and I'm going to eat a ton of steak and drink a bunch of Malbec wine. Oh man, a rich life. And I'm probably going to come back and eat salads for the next two months. <laughs> I love when you get on our podcast and talk about rich people stuff, man. <laughs> rich God, people man. stuff. Rich people stuff. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. Oh, nice. man. Nice passport stamps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I'm going to be flashing all my labels, riding on that plane with my uh, Balenciaga mm-hmm. uh, crossbody bag. Yep. No, Not okay. a purse, but a crossbody bag. I, right. I, 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 I don't. I don't have anything with, of that brand or any of its ilk. <laughs> that's good stuff. No, no, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. So, in, interestingly, speaking of stuff like that, um, a friend of mine who lives in Abu Dhabi was Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Okay. Uh, was saying that people there have no concept of cheesy. I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, people think that it's cool when you're you dressed head to toe in the same brand and it's like encrusted in rhinestones. Like, 
your Versace hat, with your Versace glasses, with your Versace uh, jacket and shirt and pants and socks and shoes. And it's just the the label jumping out at you. Like here, we'd look at it and be like, that's an awful lot. Right. Like over there, they're like, no, nah, it's never enough. It's never enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. You're not a big label whore, are you? I am such a label whore. No, I'm a. I'm not a label whore. I, it's so funny. We were just talking about this this weekend. I am a brand whore. I like brand, brand loyalty. Brand loyalty. I wear okay. Jordans. I wear Nikes. You know, uh, my my glasses. I, I wear my glasses because I like the Nike frames. I got Nike sunglasses. Yeah, Nike polos. I'm a uh, Nike Jordan guy. And, and you why know is my that? shoe game. You know my shoe I, game. I know your shoe game. You bring it strong, dude. Yeah, you know my shoe game. I got yeah, I got like a hundred pair of Jordans. Yeah. Oh my god, a hundred pairs? Probably. Oh. Like, where do you store all that? Did you not when you came here, you didn't go in my closet? No, you didn't never no, came upstairs. Didn't go upstairs. Because by the time you and your wife got here, it was time for the game. Yep. You came, you came through Richmond on your way from coming out of town. You like, well, if I go out of town, we got to stop in Richmond, and I got to watch the game with Big New. Do you remember what game that was? Yep, it was uh, Josh Allen's rookie season against Green Bay, against and the Green Bills Bay. were just absolutely pathetic. Yep, <laughs> good job. They got I mopped. I remember that. <laughs> and what? Hey, what did we eat? You remember what we ate? Oh, yeah, Publix Chicken Wings. Oh, I had Publix Chicken Wings yesterday for the Dallas Championship. Oh, they were so good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, th- I, I was shocked at how good grocery store wings could be, especially oh, in the South. Yes, man. Pub- that's one thing I like about living in uh, Richmond versus in D.C. area, man. Publix do it on every corner, and the food is so good. Mm. Oh, they were so good. I still got some left over, man. We're probably going to have some in a minute. Throw them in the air fryer. Yeah, you have some left over from minutes. Josh's rookie season? God, no. I'm talking about from the National Championship. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> you know I've been eating like trash, man. We've been we've been uh, watching the Final Four games and stuff, and, you know, Lynn and Jalen went down to Texas for the Final Four, so me and Simone have been here. Yeah, yeah, they're down there. Check my Twitter, man. Uh, Jalen, uh, I mean, I got him when uh, the kid hit the uh, shot at the end of the uh, semifinal game for San Diego State. You see Jalen, he uh, recorded it, the shot, and then showed his reaction. Everybody going nuts. It's crazy. I put oh. it on Twitter. I put it on Twitter. But hey, uh, they're, the, down th- they're down there. So, you know, Simone and I are like, oh, you're going to leave us here? Because Simone had an AAU tournament. So I stayed back with her. And so he's like, oh, you're going to leave us here? Okay, well, watch this. And we just been eating like, oh, my God, so much junk. <laughs> We've been eating like so much good cupcakes, chips, and dip. Why are you feeding her? She's an athlete, man. Well, she only, needs her nutrition. But we're done with it now. We just splurged for the weekend. You're okay. right. We're going to okay. get back on it now. We're going to get back on it. You know, just this is the last <laughs> basketball. Now, so we won't do this again until the NBA finals or something. Or maybe we'll do it for the draft. But that's three it. weeks away. That's three weeks away. Speaking of Twitter, if anybody out there hasn't gone to big underscore newt to see newt uh, doing <laughs> doing bench presses, dude's throwing over 300 pounds around like it's nothing. And I'm and I'm putting that there now because my daughter's starting to date, and I gotta let her boyfriends and stuff know that the old man still got something in the tank. 
Jesus. <laughs> you look like you could break a lot of those uh, teenage boys in half. Well, I don't know, man. They might they might hit me and start running. I can't chase them, so I got to make them scared. I got to intimidate them. So. Yeah. yeah. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, you take off running while we're going down the street. I would casually stroll alongside of you and be like, where are you going? <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, man. So that's good stuff. Buddy. But yeah, I'm gonna well, check my Twitter, big underscore new. I'm gonna put a picture of I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna put a picture of my sneaker collection. Oh nice. Up there. I don't know if I should though, man. I don't want to get robbed. Somebody might hear us and rob me or something. Yeah, but they don't know where you live, do they? Oh, yeah, See, they do. I, you talk I, about I, it all the time. I say I live in Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's not hard. No, you talk about the town all the time. I know. A big black dude in Richmond. His daughter plays AAU. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a place football. Big dude, too. If, if, if I were you, me. I feel like it would be worth the flex. You want me to do it? Yeah. Yeah, all I right. definitely do. Bump it. I'm going to upload it. All right. Yeah. Check out my sneaker collection, man. Big Newt's flex. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Man. Why not? I'm going to spread <laughs> my wings like a peacock. A little uh, bit like Kim Mulkey. Did you did you watch any of the uh, Final Four? The girls, our boys, any? I watched the championship game, uh, the men's championship game. I managed to miss just about all of it. Oh, okay. What did you do? You got drunk or something? You passed out, or you fell asleep, or what happened? A little, little of everything. A little of both. Okay. Well, you know the girls. Uh, Kim Mulkey is a coach at LSU. She's a former Baylor coach, and she wears all these like <laughs> weird outfits and stuff. And so I'm like, man, dude, the semifinal game. She had on a, a suit jacket that had like feathers on it. <laughs> <laughs> like she wears the most outlandish stuff, man. That's how you it's do hilarious. it, man. It's hilarious, though. But congratulations to them, the LSU girls beat Iowa. That was a great, great tournament. Um, and uh, LSU won. And then uh, boys last night, UConn ran through uh, San Diego State like expected. So they got their fifth national championship. So. Yeah, it was clear who the best team was out there. And uh, yeah. what is Connecticut's head coach's name? Uh, Hurley. Hurley, yeah. yeah. He looks like an angry thumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the post game they interviewed, I, I was like, man, Hurley, man, he got uh, a strong, defined face. I didn't, you know, I guess it could be a mad thumb. I guess I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, that's Bobby Hurley's, uh, that's uh, Bobby Hurley's brother. Played at Duke, played at oh, NBA. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and their father uh, was a famous high school coach also. So the Hurley family, that's, that's a basketball family. Basketball family, not a good looking family. Mm. But hey, whatever. I guess if you think it's an ugly thumb, yeah. yeah mad thumb. <laughs> mad thumb. <laughs> mad Angry thumb. thumb. Yeah. <laughs> so. Can you give us a song to sign off? All right, y'all. We won't be here in two weeks, so somebody got to be jet-setting around the globe. So we'll see you after the draft, man. And as always, go Bills. Hey, hey, hey.